Father, this morning we just come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We just thank you, we just praise you, we just worship you, Lord. We thank you for the gift of life once again. One more day, Lord, one more day. We just thank you, we praise you, we worship you, Lord. Thank you. This morning we come at ourselves, our households, all our children, the whole church here, our churches, everyone into thy hands, O Lord. We are in this together, in this journey together, Lord. Be with us, Father. Be with us. Help us first and foremost to enter into your rest and then work, Father. For you give us rest first. Touch each one of us. Speak to each one of us. Young or old, speak to us. For you do have the words of life. Fresh manna, Lord. We thank you for yesterday, but today is another day. We thank you. Speak to us even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 There were two friends. And uh, one of the guys, let's name him. I shall not name James and Vijay because it doesn't fit in. And let's put it as... <laughs> no, the illustration, it won't fit in. Let us put it as James and John. Okay? There's no John here. No, okay. James and John. <coughs> they were good friends. The only problem was James was a teetotaler. He never drank. And there was John who was alcoholic. So James wanted to, was trying his best to tell him, his friend John, how to get rid of drinking. That the damage it does to him. So one day he had an idea. He got two cups like this, one with water, one with alcohol. Then he dropped a worm in both and said, Lord, John, look. And the glass in which there was water, the worm was swimming nicely. In the other one, the worm died. So he told John, John, <laughs> do you, do you see? Do you understand? And John said, yeah, he is a stomach full of alcohol, worms die. <laughs> so sometimes you see, but you don't see. <laughs> you missed the whole point, what alcohol does. <laughs> so Christmas is over. But did you see? Did you see what was the whole point of Christmas? Okay. So sometimes people celebrate Christmas after Christmas after Christmas after Christmas, but they miss the entire message. So we will continue the Christmas message so that you don't miss the point. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17. That's where it all starts. God told Adam one thing. Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Okay? Mark two words over there. Three words over there. One, if you eat. Two, shall surely 
What happens? You shall <coughs> die. The wages of sin is death. Okay. The wages of sin is death. Death has many parts. Okay, many parts. The first part took place in the Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 24. He drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned everywhere to guard the way to the tree of life. The first thing that happened to man, that is Adam and Eve, physically and spiritually, they were separated from the presence of God. Before that, they were in the presence of God and God actually physically too came to them every day. And he spoke to them. He fellowshiped with them. So everything they wanted to know about life, they learned it from him. Understand this. They learned it from him. The first thing that death does to us or did to Adam and Eve and subsequently to everyone who is born of them, we are separated from the presence of God. God's life, God's light, God's presence. Okay, literally, they are cast out of the Garden of Eden and they are cast out outside. And where are they cast out? They are cast out to an earth that is cursed. Cursed. Okay. And we continue to live like that for a long time. <coughs> and we see death all around now we see the manifestation of death around. Do you see this? All right? Okay. Manifestation of death all around we see. The weariness. I don't think Adam was tired and weary uh, before that. Everything that we every day go through is a result or a proof or evidence of that death taking place in us. Everything that happens in our body is an evidence that man ate and man died. The first thing, the separation of the physical man, the physical man from the presence of God because God is life. And what God kept him away from was access to that life. Okay, if you look over the access to that life. <coughs> the final part of it is when your soul, my soul, is separated from the body. Okay? Now let me tell you, it's a real thing. Like when you all came in. When you all came in, except for me, when you all came in, you did something. Uh, if you're wearing, wearing shoes, you took your shoes off, right? Or if you're wearing sandals, you took your sandals off. But you didn't even think about it. Okay? You see, it's, it, it's just like that, you know? You put your feet into your shoes, and you took your shoes off, literally like that, in a tingling of an eye, the soul will leave your body. It will just leave. And what will be left is a shell there, over which people cry. But that is just a shoe. The feet is not in it. It's gone. Okay? And what goes from that shell is you. It has everything you know is there in the soul. It's not in the body. The body without that soul is useless. It's a dead body. It feels nothing, thinks nothing, knows nothing. It is just a 
dead body. But the soul doesn't die. Soul doesn't die. Okay? Soul doesn't die. Fate of man. Okay? Fate of man. The soul dies. Leave Christ out of the picture, God out of the picture. Right now. Okay? The soul dies. Or the, the person dies and the soul left. Where does the soul go? Destination. Place called hell. Matthew 25, verse 41. Then he will also say to those on the left, Okay? Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You need to realize... Everything that God prepared, this is, this is not hell, but this is the final destination, but even hell, everything was prepared not for man. It was not prepared for Adam and his progeny. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. First there was another creation, there was the devil, sorry, all the angelic creation and the devil and one third fell and something was prepared for them called hell. Prepared for, for hell. Okay? It was not prepared for us. It was not prepared for us. If you go to Second Peter, chapter 2 and verse 4. <coughs> <coughs> for God did not spare the angels who sinned. sinned. So they also sinned. Wages of sin is yes. death. They also sinned. What happens? They were separated from the presence of God. But what did he do to them? He cast them down to hell. Okay, the previous verse we read is where they will all go in eternity. But when they sinned, they were cast down to hell. There was no hell in the original creation. In the beginning, God created the, and the heavens and the hell. No, God created the heavens and the earth. There was no hell. Hell was created after <coughs> Satan fell. Hell was created. What did he do? He cast them into hell, delivered them into chains. Not that they are bound. They are not bound. But he has chained them in darkness. This is not a physical darkness. This is not this darkness. No, not this. It's a spiritual darkness. And that is why demons can never repent and turn back. Never repent and turn back. There's a picture of this. We don't have to go there. The ninth plague over Egypt. Remember? The darkness was so thick. The Bible says the Egyptians could not get up from their chairs. They just sat where they were. Meaning they were not able to make a single movement because it was so dark. So when you're talking about chains of darkness, the demons are chained with darkness. They can never turn back to God. Never turn back to God. To be reserved for judgment. So they are not judged. So hell is not a place where you go after you are judged. No. Hell is a place where you are held until you are judged. Okay. Like uh, the police catches you. You are on remand. They keep them in the lockup. But the court sends you to Cherlapalli. Okay. Even there, if they keep you in Cherlapalli, those who are, there are two kinds. So those those who are prisoners who have not been judged but on remand, they are there 
because of space constraints. You cannot keep everybody in the police station. There is no space. Okay. But you know they have not been convicted by the law. They are just held there. Then they go to the court, the final verdict, and they will be sentenced. And when they are sentenced, it may not be the same jail. It may to a different prison, which are for convicted prisoners. Okay? So hell is a temporary place where demons are held, people are held. Okay? That's your destination. Destination of every man. Wages of sin is death. First is separation from God. And then when the soul is released at death, the soul also cannot go to God. So it has to go to a place where there is no God. Or God has withdrawn his presence. Drawn his presence. It is called hell. Okay. That's how it goes. If you turn with me to Revelation chapter 6 verse 8. The plagues that will start or started. I am not very sure. Will start very soon. The four horsemen. So I looked and behold a pale horse. And the name of him who sat on it was death. So death is also a spirit. It is also a place. It's a spirit. And Hades, or hell, followed with him. So death goes first. Who follows? Hell follows. Okay? Death and hell, they go together. Okay? When a person dies, death takes hold of it. And who's right behind? Hell is behind. Puts you into hell. We need to know the truth. Otherwise, we will never appreciate what Christmas really is. We celebrate and miss what is all of us? We eat, drink, and we rise up to play like the children of Israel. Because if you don't understand what actually Christmas is. And what kind of a place is this place called hell? Matthew 8, verse 25. Maybe Mark 8, 25. Okay, yeah. Wherever Jesus, uh, okay, leave it all. Wherever Jesus went, you will see the demons recognized him. And they said, Lord, have you come to send us to torment before our time? Okay? 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 Have you come to torment us? You just have to do a search on the word torment, you'll get it. Okay? Okay? Have you come to torment us before our time? So they know something. They know something. They are tormented. And they know, you have come here to torment us before the time. Are you getting the picture? Okay. Before the time. So demons know. They are tormented at one level. Okay, tormented at one level, and they know even more torment is coming. See, the demons live on earth in the spiritual floating, and they live in humans, they live in animals, and all. But the thing is, this. Um, let me try to put. Okay, me, me. I'm putting over here. No, I live in Hyderabad, which is a semi-torment for me. It is not a torment for you because you grew up here. But where I grew up, two places I grew up is. Absolutely green. It's always rivers and lakes and waters. You have seen all rainy and some years DPs, all the children. That's where we grew up. Half my life was there, the other half was there. And then you come to a land which is full of dust and stones. 
Okay. Now, if you haven't experienced that, this is normal. No. Bible says you can't. Not Bible. English says you can't miss what you don't know. But the demons know what heaven is like. Demons know what heaven is like. And they are tormented. One, they can never go back. They can, they miss it, but they can never go back. So there is a torment. So what they try to do is try to get the second best. What is that? Earth and humans. But there is torment. Let's go further. Let's go to Luke chapter 16 and verse 23 onwards. Being in torments. Who is this? Now, this is not a demon. This is the rich man. The soul of the rich man. Not his body. Body was given a ran, royal funeral. Everybody weeping and drums and everything. Eh? Rich man, Amarahe. They said all that. But fellow is in torments somewhere else. Watch carefully. Being in torments, he lifted his eyes and saw Abraham afar off, Lazarus in his bosom. That's where the righteous went. Let's leave that alone. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this what? So, your soul you need to understand this. The body without the soul experiences nothing. Are you thirsty? That's because your soul is the one that tells your body you are thirsty. <laughs> okay. Are you getting the picture? Mm-hmm. Let us simply put across this symbol. Let us say I have leprosy. How do I diagnose leprosy first? I lose feeling, sensation. I can cut my finger off and not know. You could take my finger and put it in fire. I feel nothing. Why? Because the soul has stopped reaching there. Lost all consciousness there. So you need to realize, if you feel something in your body, it's because your soul is still there. So when the soul leaves, it does not stop feeling. Does not stop feeling. He's thirsty. We are on a fast. Drink lots of water. Don't do that. Okay? Don't drink lots of water. First day by tonight, you will feel hunger. If you're going on a full fast by tomorrow, you will be craving. Getting it? Now think about this. What if you don't drink water for 24 hours? You don't drink water for 48 hours. You don't get to drink water for all of eternity. Does your thirst go? Does your thirst go? Your soul feels it. Soul feels it. You are thirsty. You are. But you are not. See, people die of thirst. You have to see pictures, see old days, movies, and the books which I read and all in the desert when they are trying to cross. Their tongue starts swelling. Actually, they choke and die. So when you get a person like that, don't give him a huge, you have to put drop by drop by drop of water because at that time, if he takes too much water, he will die. He cannot handle, his system cannot handle it because the system is drained of water. 
because 80% of our body is water. Okay? So think of eternity. Thirst. He's not even talking about hunger. Because <laughs> when you are in a parched place like that, in a desert like that, that man you have to see, they are wandering like crazy men. They are not looking for food, they are looking for water. You go mad, crazy without water. What is he saying? Have mercy. Mercy. What does he want? What? One drop. And I am tormented in this flame. Flame. Tormented in a flame. Go further down. And Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime. So he, he said, I'm sorry, I cannot intervene. You could have changed your eternity because that time was now. The time was now. In your lifetime. Now, he is comforted. You are tormented. Go to the next one. Beside all this, okay. Then, verse 27, 28. I beg you, okay. Then he said, I beg you therefore, father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to their place of, this place of, so he has not lost his conscience. A human being who goes to hell still feels exactly what he felt on earth. He feels, he feels compassion for his brothers and sisters and says, Lord, please let them not come here. Nothing changes in the soul. Only thing it's much more magnified because now we are protected by the shell. We are not able to see the other realm. So we are like, what I don't see, don't hurt. But if we were to see, the problem is when you reach there, you see. You see. The reality of hell. The reality of hell. What it is like that. Your soul is completely conscious and it is suffering in the level of the soul, okay, and without a body, you are suffering what your body would have suffered. Like I said, a dead body doesn't feel feel thirst. Dead body doesn't feel heat. But it is the soul that gives all that to the body. But now your soul, the whole thing is that if Lazarus was to take, sent with a bottle of water, where do you pour this water? <laughs> Because he doesn't have a mouth. Because he does not have a body. Only the resurrected saints are going to have a body. (laughs) He doesn't have a body. But you are feeling it all. Remember this. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 4. He cast them down to hell and delivered them what? Into chains of? It's a place of darkness. It's a place of darkness. Okay. This is not physical darkness. It's not that he can. He saw. (laughs) He saw Abraham. He saw. Okay. Now he cannot see, but at least before Christ came, he saw. It's a place of darkness. Okay. Think about a place. Okay. That is where solitary confinement in prisons, when you do something terrible against the authorities, they will put you in solitary confinement. It is like a hole. They shut you in to teach you a lesson. And people go mad there. 
Okay. Imagine in darkness, tormented every area of your soul, and the worst thing, no hope. And flames. Mark 9, 47, 48. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast in what? Hellfire, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Okay. In Hyderabad, I think in Hyderabad, you know, certain seasons, those worms, they are not worms, but they are like in a whole pile. Yeah? Remember? Okay. How many of you like mosquitoes? Why not? No? Love is blind, no? <laughs> how many of you like to, how many of you like ants? Okay? Think about it. When a dead body dies, or body dies, okay, what comes into it? Worms comes into it. Right? And what do the worms do? The worms eat it all away. You don't have a body, but your soul will be covered with worms and you will feel them. You know, the American Indians, Red Indians, the American Indians, I can say Red Indians, if you go there, you have to be politically correct. So we shall say Red Indians, American Indians, we are Indians. <laughs> okay. When they caught the white man, battles were going on old days, no? Caught a white man. They had different ways of torture. One of the ways of torturing is that they used to tie the white man, spread eagle to the lesson, four ways, into stakes with leather which had been dipped in water. So that what happens is, as the sun comes, it starts contracting, and it will rip the man apart. Okay? Every culture has its own ways of tormenting. Okay? And then, another way they used to do is that they would tie this person up and leave something sweet all over him, so that he is slowly eaten away by the ants. Okay. Think about it. You are tied up hand and leg and put into a huge colony of ants. You guys haven't really seen ants. So you have been protected from many things. You want to see really the ants that can bite and it will hurt you the whole day. Come to Kerala and try to get the jackfruit out. Thus fellows, big red ones are all over, but the jackfruit is so sweet. So you have to risk something to get that jackfruit down. <laughs> And they make nice big nests like this with the leaves and they will be full of them. We got bitten nicely. That red fellow, you see them, you stay away. It's, you know the small red one? It's grandfather. <laughs> Think about it. The worm does not die. What? You don't die. You don't die. Because your soul doesn't die. And that your worms also don't die. It's a real place. It's a real place. But it was not meant for us. Get this picture all. This place was not for meant for man. This place was meant for the demons. That's why they are tormented. So it's a place of torment, of fire, of pain, of everything your soul can go through, your body can go through, and it's a place of darkness. And who you were on earth is irrelevant. 
irrelevant. That's why God says, what's the point of acquiring this whole world and losing your soul? Your status on earth is irrelevant. Makes no difference at all. You should read Ezekiel 31 and 32 to get a full picture of it. Let's read a little of 32. Good Ezekiel 32, 17 to 23. Then 26 and 27. It came to pass in the twelfth year, on the fifteenth day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Now he's prophesying over different nations, or in those days, big cultures. Like today he says, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Okay, son of man, wail over the multitude of America. That's a great nation, right? Those days, Egypt was a great nation. And then you will say, wail over China, wail over Russia, wail over India. These are the major nations. Population-wise or power-wise. <coughs> Cast them down to the depths of the earth. Her and the daughters of famous nations with those who go down into the go down into the pit. Whom do you surpass in beauty? Go down, be placed with the uncircum. They have no covenant with God. They shall fall in the midst of those slain by the sword. She is delivered to the sword, drawing her and all her multitudes. The strong among the mighty shall speak to him out of the midst of hell. hell. With those who help him, they have gone down. They lie with the uncircumcised, slain by the sword. And then you look over there. Egypt is going down. Assyria is there. Assyria is already gone. And all her company, with their graves, with their graves, all around, and all of them slain, fallen by the sword. Did you see? Nation after nation after nation after nation. Yes. Her graves are set in the recess of the pit. And her company in all her grave. All of them slain, fallen by the sword. Who caused terror in the land of the living? These are not so many people. These were mighty men. Who caused people to fear them. But there they are in the pit. Caught in hell. Now go to Words uh, 26 and 27, okay? There are Meshach and Tubal. Meshach, they say, is Moscow. So Russia will also go there. And Tubal. And all their multitudes, with all their graves around it, and all of them uncircumcised. That term uncircumcised is used simply to mean that these are people who had no mercy of God. Had no access, no covenant, cut away from the commonwealth of Israel, without God, without Christ, without hope. So they all go down there. Look at verse 37. Though they cause, they caused terror in the land. Okay, in the land. They do not lie with the mighty who have fallen of the uncircumcised. They have gone down to hell with their weapons of war. They have laid their swords under their heads. But their iniquities be their bones because of the terror of the mighty in the land of the living. These were mighty people and they caused so much terror when they were living. When they were sleeping, they had their sword under their pillow. They see, but when they died, they went down like that. And you need to realize in, in the other realm, the Bible says there is one place that is forever growing. That is hell. 
because a lot of people who were never supposed to go there are forever going there so like hyderabad city is growing and growing and growing and so from hyderabad municipal corporation to greater hyderabad and greater hyderabad so outer ring now one more ring road is coming outer outer ring road why the city is growing why people from the countryside is all coming into the city hell is kind of like a city it's growing and it's growing and it's growing it's a place of absolute darkness it's a place of torment where your soul will feel everything not only that your body though you don't have a body you will feel it all okay so keep that in mind and aside connected with darkness matthew 8 verse 12 Okay, got it. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. Okay, let us look at this. Let's, let us leave this alone. Okay, forget the what is written over there. Okay, think about this as sun. Okay, can you see? Think as this as sun. Okay, and you will see. Let us say, put it across like this. Okay, and the further you go, the light gets. dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and dimmer there is somewhere over there you will see the separation between light and darkness like if you go to places like norway sweden and all six months is dark it is not dark as dark but it is not light as light why because they are at the other end of the world so there is assumption the sons of the kingdom who do not overcome will be living in outer darkness not in darkness not in light they are not cast out into hell they are not brought into the kingdom of light they lie in outer darkness because they knew but they never overcame that is why christ in us is the hope of glory and glory is light Okay, that is why we keep try to warn you. Don't take this lightly. Don't take this lightly. Because who are these? Sons of the kingdom. These are not the sons of hell. These are sons, and this is how the devil deceives. He know once you are saved, he will deceive you and get you so caught up in with life that you will forget this is not the real life. This is just a fake life. This is this has got nothing. this has got no meaning if you take if you if you take like eternity and 80 years is like a drop in the ocean think about taking one glass of water from the ocean ocean won't know you won't know that's your life on earth in terms of eternity eternity is forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and god says that's what paul would say if you have been raised with christ jesus think on those things that are above and the devil will pull us down pull us down he says okay this fellow is saved i cannot get him unsaved he belongs to god but you know what Uh, when he dies and when judgment is set i will see he's as close to me as possible and not close to his father he won't be in light he won't be with me but let him be caught in outer darkness okay 
Now we who live in very close to the equator, that line, and it's very bright and this thing. If we were to go and live in Sweden or Norway, we will find it very difficult. Not today's Norway or today's Sweden. Go backwards a hundred years where there is no electricity. Then only you will realize what Sweden is like. Now it is electricity and everything. Like you can go around in the city at midnight also. It doesn't bother us because we have it all lighted up. But think of a time when there was no electricity. People went to sleep by evening. By six o'clock they went to sleep. They had that is why the Westerners, the old-fashioned Westerners, still haven't changed their habit. They have the supper at six. Why do people have supper at six? We don't have supper at six. Why do they say? Because in the old days, that's when because sun is set. What are you going to do? You eat, you go to sleep. Sun rises early in the morning, and people rose because you need light to work. But today we created a world where light and darkness are mixed. So it does not matter. So you need to realize what it is. Now this is a presumption. I'm not putting it across as a doctrine. But many theologians talk about this as there are what we call in heaven. In heaven, God's children, sons of the kingdom. They call it living in the shadows. See, when you read 21, 22, we'll say, oh no, 21, 22 is all connected with the city. 21 begins with the city. These are overcomers. Where they experience the father and his love and his kindness and the city and the light and the glory and all. Don't ever presume everybody will jump into there. No, that's where the whole warnings and every epistle is being written and overcome, home, overcome, he who overcomes, he who overcomes, he who, and even to Smyrna, they're going through torment and torture, not torment, torture and everything and still being told, don't give up, be faithful unto death because this is what you will get. Don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. This is just temporary. So Paul is able to see in that light and he says, what I am going through, momentary affliction. In the light of glory, the weight of glory ahead. So get these pictures very clearly. We have to get these pictures very clearly. You know what? Otherwise we are living in darkness. Ignorance is darkness. What is ignorance? Ignorance is the darkness of the soul. We have a physical darkness where your eyes can't see, so you are not able to move. But how would you put it across in the terms of the mind? It is ignorance. It's the darkness of the soul. And that's why the Bible says the entrance of your word brings light. Brings light. They say, so your word is light. So God, when he talks, is talking about eternal realities and the devil wants to keep us in the temporary so that we will miss the eternal. So if you go to Second Peter 2, 4 and Hebrews 9, 27. So they are held, sinned, the angels who, are, who sinned, cast them down to hell, delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for, for judgment. Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed for men to die once, but after this is... So nobody has been judged. Everybody is reserved for judgment. Demons have been judged. The ones who went down to hell haven't been judged. The ones who went to God's presence, nobody has been judged. Everybody is waiting for judgment. Why? Even the overcomers in Hebrews 11, nobody has been got their rewards because only with us they will be perfected. 
So everybody, that's why the souls in heaven is saying, how long, how long, how long, God says, wait a little more, full number hasn't come in. Give them all a nice dress to wear, sit there quietly. He didn't say that way, this uh, my reading of it, okay? <laughs> so when will judgment take place? 7,000 years later, in a less than a 1,000 years later, after Jesus comes, a 1,000 year reign, over a 1,000 years later, or 7,000 after history, judgment will take place. Turn to Revelation 20 and verse 10. The first to be judged. The devil who deceived them, this is the fellow who started it all, right? Was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever and ever. First to be judged are them. Then, verses 12 to 15. I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to their works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the, this is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That is the second death. Right now, everybody, including the devil, only goes through the first death. Nobody goes through the second death. Second death is judgment. The saints, of course, are not included in this. They are cast into the lake of fire. So, fire is a symbol of judgment. Okay, where the Bible says... Fire will go forever and ever. Their smoke never runs out. The worms never die forever and ever and ever. And those who are saved, the Bible says, for our judgment, what will God do? He will take all our works and put it through fire. And he says, many will come through just with salvation, the work of Jesus Christ, because all their works got burnt up and they reached this side and they have nothing except salvation. Because they blew it away. Mm. Not blew it away, literally burned it. That's what smoking is, burning your money. Literally burned it. Everything. That's why we, we focused on love because the Bible says, faith without works is dead and the works of faith, the works of faith, the works of faith, works of faith, and then God comes and warns us. All these things, if it is done without love, it is nothing. When is it nothing? On that day. On that day, because everybody has to go through judgment. So get this picture very, very clear. And in Revelation 21, verse 8. The cowardly, that's why God always deals with fear first. Okay, fear has to be taken out. It is, how did the devil hold everybody bondage by the fear of death? So fear is something you have to tackle constantly in your life. And God says, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. The cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars have their part in the lake. Now, a little more detail is given, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. If you eat from the tree, you shall die. This is where it ends. This is where it ends. 
Okay. Now we'll ask, why is it so? Lord, why? Why is it so? Why is it? Why do you make it so difficult? Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Something which we will really not understand until we reach heaven, but the devil and the angels understand. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. He had six wings, but he used only two. Two, four was for covering. Covering from what? Verse three. And one cried to another, said, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. In heaven only, we will really understand what God is. What we experience on earth and what we experience in heaven are not the same. An experience, what they experience is the holiness of God. The holy. We won't even understand what it is fully. We can use physical symbols and all that. Okay, you look up in the sky at night, you can look up and it is fine. And then the day comes. Honestly, like I said, now those who are in the village side where there is not much electricity or like me who grew up in the mountains, you can really see the sky well at night. In the city, we really don't see. Honestly, we don't see. But you go up into the Himalayas and when night comes, it's a clear sky. Like winter time, there are no clouds. You can see the, most of the time, if you, that's why if you go to these mountain stations to see Kanjanjanga and all, pick your season. Because most of the season, you cannot see them because they are all clouded, uh, covered with clouds. But this is a very good season because the entire sky will be clear. And you go up in the night, you will be so shocked that all this while, while I was living in Hyderabad, I never knew, Lord, there were so many stars. And they are all clear and they are all bright. And you can see the planet, some stars are brighter than the others, and the moon comes with all her glory. And then, when the sun rises, everything disappears. Did they disappear? No, they are all there. Can you see them? No. The thing is that, will you look at the sun? No. As soon as the sun starts coming up, your head starts going down. What do you become? You become a seraphim. You cover boys and you cover your feet. Why the roads are so hot, your legs are burning. Would you walk on bare feet on summer? No. The glory of God put to us in simple terms which we can understand. That's why the Bible, the earth is full of his full of his glory. When the sun comes out, it's glory. When the night comes, it's glory. When the wind blows, it's his glory. When there is a thunderstorm, it's his glory. When the lightning flashes from, when there is a blizzard, it's all his glory. That's the first thing that scared me. I was five or five and a half years old and never left Bhutan. Born there, grew up for five and a half years. And then my parents brought me to Kerala. Okay, enjoyed the train, everything. Then I still remember my father took me. We got out of the car and we looked out. I saw the ocean for the first time. You will get scared. The glory of God in have you seen the ocean? Unending, 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 unending. I was petrified. From that day till today, I have never liked the ocean. 
I saw the train for the first time. I loved it. I saw the ocean for the first time. I hated it. That's why when I read Revelation 21, there's no more sea. I say, hallelujah. <laughs> Do you see the glory of God in the ocean? Glory of God in the ocean. That's why the earth is full. We are not talking about, man is talking about, look at our high tech city, look at this building, look at the God says, what is this? Get on up, you, the plane, which I gave you the wisdom to make, go up there and look at what you have built. They look like matchboxes. They are nothing. Nothing. But if you are flying in any direction out of India, after some time, you go from Hyderabad, let's say you are going to Dubai, you are crossed Indian land, and then after that you looked out. It's only ocean. It is only ocean. And only ocean. And only ocean. That's when you start praying in tongues. <laughs> Do you see the whole earth is full of his glory? For our sake. This is his holiness. And the glory is displayed. That's why the Bible says the whole of creation displays his glory. He's speaking about him. But what is he? He's holy. He's holy. He's absolutely pure. Look at a couple of verses. First Samuel 2 2 and Habakkuk 1 3, 130. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. No one is holy. We will talk about holy, holier, but nobody is holy like God. No comparison at all. There is no one is holy like God. And Habakkuk 1 30. You are of purer eyes than to behold evil. His eyes are such, God will not look at evil. Cannot look on wickedness. Okay, did you see that? He, he, he is so holy, he will not look at sin. He will not, not that he will not look with his eyes. That's not what it means. Meaning, his, his soul. Let us say, God has a soul, okay? God has a soul, because my soul won't be pleased with you. God is a spirit with a soul, okay? His soul cannot tolerate sin. His soul cannot tolerate evil. His soul cannot tolerate wickedness. That is God. Okay, so we have this interplay with light and darkness. Our salvation is when we are brought out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. If you turn to 1 John 1 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light and in him is no darkness. So many things to make us understand understand. Now go to Exodus chapter 30 and verse 33 and verse 18. And then till the end. 33, 18. This is Moses. Moses all excited. No, God is so nice to him and kind to him. No, I am pleased with you and all that. My present shall go with you. As soon as he heard my present shall go with you, he's saying it. Okay, if your present shall go with you, can I see you? Please show your glory. He said, I'll make all my goodness pass before you. I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face. For no man shall see me and love. The seraphims covered their faces. 
cannot see me and love. He says, if you see my holiness, you will, you will die. You'll die. He says, you will die. Go to 34. And let's read verse 5 and 6. So God comes down. Now the Lord descended in what? In the cloud and stood with him there. So what does it mean? There is God standing and is covered by the cloud and is standing with him. And he said, and he proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth. Before that, if you went to 33 and reached the end, he said, you know what I will do? Let's go there. Read from 20 down. What God said, I will He said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and love further down. And the Lord said, here is a place by me. You shall stand on the rock. So it will be, while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand. <laughs> one man asked, Lord, can I see your glory? God said, okay, I am pleased with you, so I will do one thing, okay? You see, there is a rock here. Okay? Stand there. And when I am passing, I will put you into that cleft. Okay? This is a cleft in the rock. Can you see it clearly? It's a cleft. I'll put you there. Okay? This is Moses. I'll put you there. And when I am passing by, I'll cover you with my hand. Why? To protect you. Because if you see me, you will die. To protect you. I'll put you in the cleft. I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. And in the process, I will take away my hand. After what? After I have passed, I will take my hand so you can see my back and not my front. Did you see that? <laughs> you won't see my you, you won't see my face. If you see my face, you will die. But as I'm passing by, you know, you will see some of my glory at the back. You see that, that's all. That's all you will see. Okay. Simple example. How many of you have seen in the sky a meteor passing by? One sort of, I mean, if you are in the mountains, you will see it all the time. Bright, shining light. It will go, like our rockets that go up. You look at the light and behind there is a wisp of smoke. Or the plane has gone, you don't see the plane because it's faster than sound. And you see the smoke behind, God says you will see the smoke. You won't see my face. So that you don't die. Okay. This is God. Now turn to First Kings 8.12. Solomon spoke, the Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud. You see through the Bible you will see God is light but he is surrounded by darkness. Why? Because God is holy, therefore he does not want to destroy them who he loves. He loves us. He loves us. So he says, if you see me, you will die. So you know what? I am light but I will always be covered by clouds of darkness for your sake. If we don't understand the holiness of God, we don't understand sin and the judgment of sin. Why is it so? So honestly, every unsaved person, including the demons, when that time begins, will want to be as far as possible from the glory of God. You see, when Jesus showed a little of his glory, they all fell flat on their face. Right? They all fell flat. 
even when the sun is rising in early in the morning that is for those who wake up in the morning and get to see the sun rising uh, you you won't look at even at that sun for too long oh people go to the beach for the sunset and all that is because it is at this lowest point and after some time you take your eyes of that sun too but what about midday sun nobody looks at it once we have got this picture you need to realize there is a holy god and there is sinful man adam sinned and in adam we all sinned then we go to psalm 51 and verse 5 so all revelations through different servants of god this is through david we know it behold i was brought forth in iniquity in sin my mother conceived me i am done wages of sin is death and if i have no intervention in my life then second death bonded moving towards second death when i die hell holding area and after that eternal judgment lake of fire and i am away this is my destiny this is my destiny so god's first sense a forerunner luke chapter 1 76 to 79 if i'm right before christ somebody has to come and you child will be called the prophet of the highest for you will go before the face of the lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins he says you are only giving them the knowledge of salvation you cannot save them you cannot remit their sins either but you will go as a forerunner to prepare the way for the lord how do you prepare the way of the lord your job is to preach repentance so repentance is the way the heart is prepared to receive salvation through the tender mercy of our god with which the day spring on high has visited us in verse 79 yeah to give light to those sitting in darkness you know who we are we were sitting in darkness and the shadow of death you're sitting in darkness ignorance is darkness busily merrily going around with life without realizing we are sitting in the darkness behind us is the shadow of darkness and behind dark death is hell this was our life walking in dark look at all the people in the world they have no clue what's coming and what is happening to them they are living in sitting in darkness behind them is a shadow of death and behind it is hell we saw in revelation right for it yeah we don't have to go through first came death and behind came hell this is the destiny of every man but when you know god even though i walk through the valley of shadow of death i fear why i will fear because you are with me that's the only reason there's nothing that you have done that will cause you to get rid of that fear so you need to realize this is our destiny once we understand this we need to understand what christmas is christmas is because man sinned god's answer to man's sin is sending his son that's what i said to give you remember the first illustration we go through the whole and um, our two pastrams were not there so let me give the illustration once again right james and john not vijay but james and john because in that we are similar james and john james is a teetotaler john is an alcoholic right 
glass of water. He wanted to get John out of drinking, so he got a glass of water, a glass of alcohol. Then he brought two worms, put one in the water, one in the alcohol. They looked at it, and so the one in the alcohol died. This is swimming merrily, and he said, John, do you see? Do you see? Do you see? John looked at it and said, yeah, I see. He said, what do you see? That in a body full of alcohol, worms die. <laughs> Did he see? <laughs> That's what's happening around the world. All around the world, people just celebrated Christmas. Did you see? Did you see? That is why they are desperate to remove that named Christ from it. Happy holidays. X. Put X or Xmas. What is Xmas? Variable. What is Xmas? They were not mapped into it. Xmas. And now they slowly, subtly replaced it with Santa Claus. Now let me ask you to do how does Santa Claus save you? And the, the whole idea is that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Santa Claus comes from Norway or somewhere. Sweden or Norway. Huh? Sweden, right? He comes from Sweden. How did these two come on? Hmm? We had a picture of our little Raksha in the church choir singing. We got it yesterday, no? She's there very close to Santa Claus. <laughs> you need to, see, that's why we have to strip all, you have to ask questions. What does this mean? When your children ask you questions, you better have an answer from scripture. Don't say, this is what it means. Where is it written? Oh, this is what the tree means. Uh, uh, Daddy, can you show me? <laughs> uh, no, baby. My grandfather had a tree. My grandfather had a tree. I also have a tree. That's all. No, this is not a tradition of your fathers. This is scripture. When you put up anything on a Christmas day, be sure from scripture you can help them say it is written. Some things are harmless. It's okay. But some things are very harmful. When it takes the attention from Christ... It becomes very, very harmful. Very, very harmful. Why? Those who are sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death, how are they going to see light in the Christmas that the world celebrates? How are they going to see light? How does Santa Claus save anybody? Everywhere is Santa Claus and Red Cap. Give me the reason for your hope. There is no reason. Most people did not know yesterday they were asking me, Hepsi and all were asking me, I said, this has come from the 14th, 15th century from a saint called Nicholas in the Catholic Church. And he was a very kind, generous monk. He used to give gifts and all. But the other side of the story is that a lot of boys fell in love with girls. They couldn't get married in the church. So this monk secretly got them married. That's why Santa Claus is celebrated. There are different parts of Santa Claus. That's why Santa Claus is very popular because he, have you seen his face? He's never angry. The other side of Zoe's, other side of Zoe's story I didn't tell you. 
I sit I, because it's very interesting to talk to Zoe. Zoe comes with her own interpretation. Okay, so Zoe said, three years ago Santa Claus came to my house, but he found no Christmas tree. So he was very upset. He didn't give any gifts and he left. He left because Christ was in and he was kicked out. I said, good one, baby. Good one, baby. <laughs> if Christ comes, he will kick Santa Claus out. Okay. Okay. Are you getting the picture? Go to Luke 1 and verse 35. And the angel answered and said to him, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One for the first time post-Adam, a holy baby is going to be born. Till then, no baby has been born holy. Every born, conceived in iniquity, shaped in iniquity, born in sin, the Holy One. The Holy One is going to be born. Okay. He's going to be perfectly divine and perfectly human. He's going to get his divine essence from his father and his human essence from his mother. Now you will see how is that possible. There's a, there's a particular hypostasis is the actual term for that only in the Christendom and even Christians don't understand it fully but that's a term which was used in the earlier age by the church fathers but let me meaning meaning fully divine and fully human a combination of two natures okay let me ex- explain to you in we were asking lord that these are children a lot of people listening are new believers help me to explain it to them you go to a supermarket you buy eggs all white eggs and then there is little more expensive, the brown ones. Okay? Farm. Poultry. You can take the poultry eggs and the other eggs and you can both eat. You take the poultry eggs, the white ones, and keep it under a hen, nothing will happen. 21 days, 42 days also it will not hatch. Will it hatch? No. You take the brown ones and you sit 21 days or you take a 40 watt Bulb, 40 watt bulb, not this one, the yellow one. Keep it in the straw and hang it over it. It'll hatch. It just needs that normal temperature. That's what we all did in the countryside. We hatched our eggs and sold our chickens. Okay. Are you getting the picture? Now, what's the difference? Now, let me ask you this question. Are in both eggs laid by the chicken? All the eggs came from the hen. But one has the capacity to reproduce because there is life in it and the other does not have the capacity to reproduce it because it only came from the mother and there is no father there. That's why if you take the brown egg and break it, you will see something over there which comes from the father, from the rooster. Are you getting it? So you can have eggs laid by the chicken which has no life in it. That's all we wear. No life in it. And then Jesus was born. Essence from the mother, but life from the father. Life from the father. Fully divine. Fully human. That humanity he received from his mother. The divinity he received from his father. That's why she asked, how is it possible? I am a virgin. That's why the distinct that you cannot take any statement about Jesus out of the scripture because it has huge eternal value. The virgin shall give birth. It's not a woman shall give birth. All women give birth under right conditions. But that's not what he said. The virgin shall give birth. How is it possible? 
how is possible for a woman to give birth? Or a virgin to give birth? The reason? This is the miracle. What Isaiah prophesied? Explained by Gabriel 600 years later. How will it happen? The Holy Spirit will come. That is why I have an issue with Santa Claus when they call him Father Christmas. He is not the Father of Christ. For me, the Father of Christ is the Spirit of my Father, of my God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. God's solution. God's solution is beginning. You see how awesome God is. His solution. Because God is so holy, we will die. But he's so loving. He wants to save us. Save us. And there comes his son. Let's go to Galatians 4, 4 and 5. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. His son. Born of a woman. Born under the law. To redeem those who were under the law. That we might receive adoption as sons. See the sin question had to be handled. <laughs> as long as you haven't handled the sin question. There is no hope. So God sent his son. Okay, We sing God sent his son. What does it mean? <laughs> he sent forth his son. Born of a woman. Born under the law. What is that law? The first law. The wages of sin is death. If you eat, you will die. And then came all the subsequent laws. If if you take Genesis 2, 17, none of the laws have any meaning. Absolutely no meaning. Absolute. No law has any meaning if you take Genesis 2, 17. If you sin, you will die. So you take that out and man does not die. You can bring any punishment. People will break the law. Why? Because you know at the end of it, you will not die. <laughs> you will not die. The law will not work. What is the final punishment of law? What is it called? Capital punishment. Not small letters. Capital punishment. What is that? Hang him. Un- not hang him. You have to read until death. Because a lot of people have hung and they did not die. So hang him until he dies. Okay. That's what we call botched executions. Okay. Hang him until he dies. That is the capital punishment. So you need to realize Genesis 2.17 is where it all happened. The first death and then ultimately the second death. And what did God do? God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. He was not above the law. If he's above the law, then the law has no effect on him. <laughs> has no effect on him. Because if you are above the law, then you cannot die. So he has to be born under the law so that you die. To redeem those who were under the law that we might receive adoption. And how did he come? Romans 8, 3. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent by sending his own son. How? In the likeness, not in sinful, in the likeness of sinful flesh. So he, where did he get that body from? From his mother. From his mother. In the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Are we getting the picture? Yes. Luke 
2 and verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son, I wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. That's his entry. His entry. His entry is a small baby, wrapped, put in a, read carefully, put in a manger. What was he put in? You know what a manger is? It's an wooden trough for the cat. Like I said, do you have that in your villages? Oh, everything is metal now. No, okay. Our days, we know what these things are. They are all made of wood, <laughs> not metal. All made of wood. Okay. So, as when he was born, when he made his entry, wrapped, put in a wooden trough. When he exited, unwrapped and hung on a wooden tree. God's gift. Wrapped him up his mother nicely, put him on a wooden manger. Box drop. When he died, we unwrapped him completely, hung him on a wooden cross, and he exit by forgiving everybody. Verse eleven and twelve. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. You can never celebrate the birth of one person in this world, that is Jesus, without bringing his death in. Because he was born to save. And he could not save us without dying. So you cannot celebrate any other birthday you can celebrate in any other way. This birthday, you must know What is the meaning? Did you understand? Behind all this celebration, do you understand what you are celebrating? We don't have to mourn over his death because he lives forever. But do you understand what you are celebrating? Do we understand what you are celebrating? John 1 and verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. Who takes away the sin of the world. He said, that's the Lamb of God. Unless we understand the holiness of God and we understand our sinfulness and understand what Jesus came here for, we will not even know what Christmas is all about because God's holiness his perfection. So we all look at each other and say, I'm better than you. You are better than me. None of this. Let me give you an example. I once heard a preacher say. It's a very good example. I'll try to make it relative to us. Everybody goes to Mumbai. Hmm? Everybody goes to Mumbai. And then there is this competition. Price money is one million dollars, one crore rupees, whatever you want. This is swim from Mumbai to Dubai. <laughs> Who will swim from Mumbai to Dubai? Nobody. You will say, but I swam more than you. Pointless. You also died. That is our comparison. Comparing ourselves to the holiness of God. There's only one who swam to the other side. That was Jesus. And he says, you can piggyback on me. 
I'll take you across. That's why everything in the Bible is in Christ. Everything in the Bible is in Christ. So God sent his son. This is his way. This is his holiness. You are trying to swim. You may say, I swim 2 kilometers. I swam 5 kilometers. Or I went 50 kilometers. I went 100 kilometers. But the distance is around 5,000 kilometers. So everybody fell short. The best of men also fell short. Only one man crossed over. That is Christ. Because he was the Holy One of Israel. Corinthians 5.21 will say, How did he do? How did he cross over? He made him who knew. No, if he knew sin, then he can't. He also fell short. He knew no sin. Till when? Till the cross. To be sin for us. So that it's, now this is where accounts come. It's where accounts come. Okay. What God did, he took the whole sin of the world and credited into Jesus account. Then he took the righteousness of God that is in Christ and credited into our account. Something took place over there. Okay. He took the sin of the world, put it into son's account, took the righteousness of God in his son and put it into account and he said, now, this is my gift. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Anyone and everyone who believes in him will not be condemned, but saved. Now turn to 1 John, chapter 1, verse 10, and then verse 11, verse 10. No, not 1 John, John 1, 10, sorry. John 1, 10. Okay, go to 11, 11 and 12, sorry. World did not know him, fine. He came to his own. Okay, this is the problem with the gift. You have to receive a gift. Have to receive a gift. Have to receive a gift. There is a giver, there is a gift, and there is a receiver. Now the thing is this. You can receive a gift with your hands. And reject it with your heart. Let's say, my is here, okay? I went, let us say, I went to Coimbatore. Okay, like last time we went to Coimbatore. I bought her a couple of dresses. Okay? Oh boy, honey, I'm so happy. But she never wears it. Did she receive it? With her hand. Did she receive with the heart? No. Ask her. I bought her too. She has only one so far. If she thinks I don't notice these things. <laughs> I don't say anything. I don't say it. I don't miss anything. <laughs> she received one. She rejected the other. <laughs> okay. So did you receive? Did you receive? Yes. You received. But did you receive with the heart? No. So you can receive Jesus with your mouth and reject him in your heart. He came to his own. Why do people reject? I mean, there's nothing wrong. It's just a cloth. So it does not matter. What I'm talking about is that 
you reject a gift because in your mind you already have an idea what you want. I wanted this, but you gave this. Okay, I don't want to disappoint you, so I will take it. But I will not use it. So now it's about him, it's not about us. So he came to his own. Why did they not receive him? Because they had an Azadah. He's going to come, he's going to throw the Roman Empire out, and he's going to put his reign on earth, and he's going to rule, and we are going to be again the reign of David, the foremost nation. But that's not what he came for. That's what he's coming the second time. That's not what he came for. The spiritual first. He said, I have come here. You have to deal with sin. Otherwise, there is no point. You will still die. You live under the best rule in the world. You will still die. You have everything. You have khana, you have kapda, you have makan, school, everything free. You will eat freely and die. The problem is people don't understand. We are looking at the temporal. Even if every temporal need is perfectly met, you will still die. So God is trying to deal with the first, the, the, the most important thing. I have to see that you don't eternally die. So they got excited. 5,000 people who are probably scrunching for work and food. He feeds them all. They are so excited. There's so much food. 12 baskets were left over. They wanted to make him king by force. He walked away. He walked away. And sometimes we are like that. <laughs> okay. And that's why we are. See, if our perception is wrong, we will not be excited by the gospel message. And you know what? Unconsciously, we do see and celebrate Christmas like the others do. Their, what do they call it? Festivals. Oh, Christian ka festival hai. The guy who brings tea. <laughs> Sir, aapka tiyohar hai na? I said, okay, take 200 rupees for you. That's all it. I didn't drink your tea yesterday, but take some money because for you it is my God's festival. That's all it matters to them. And sometimes that is all matters to us. It is another festival. Even the festivals God gave Israel was pointing to Christ. That's why the Bible says when Christ came, all of this ceased. It had no meaning. The purpose of the festival was to point them. You know why you are celebrating this? Why are you celebrating Passover? Why are the feast of the unleavened bread? Why, why tabernacle? Why, 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 why all this? It's pointing to the day my son will come. So as you celebrate generation after generation, your expectation will come. That is the shadow. The substance is coming. Once the substance have come, all ceases because you got it. You got it. And sometimes we are like that. We don't understand what Christmas is all about. He's come. He's come. Okay. So we saw yesterday. He came to his own. His own did not receive him. But to those as many as received him. What did he give them? The right to become? How can we become the children of God? God is holy. How can we become his children? Hebrews 10, 14. By one offering he has? He has? Who is God? Perfect. Who are his children? Perfect. 
What did he do? All those who believe him through one offering, he has perfected them. In the meantime, he is cleaning the soul out. He has perfected them. That is the only way we can become a child of God. Because God is perfect. God is holy. What does holiness mean? Ultimately, in our terms, he is perfect. So with one offering, he has perfected forever. Perfected forever. And in the meantime, we are being sanctified. And God says, what happens? As many as who received him, he gave them the right, the power, the authority to become the children of God. That's why, how do we receive him? You receive him with your heart. With your heart. You believe in your heart. And you confess with your mouth. Like I said, you can receive him with your mouth. Hello, thank you. And then the person turns the face. Ah. No, you receive with your heart. So we saw all three factors of a gift is met in Christ Jesus. God so loved the world. So why did he give? Motive? Because he loved. First Peter 18, 1, 18 and 19. One Peter one eighteen and nineteen, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, you know, silver and gold is very big for us. And how does Scripture use that corruptible things? First, he first Scripture devalues what we value, corruptible things like silver and gold. From your aimless conduct received from the tradition of your father, you're all walking around aimlessly. Some people after saved also walking aimlessly. But how did he redeem us? With the precious blood, the value of the gift. Motive is love. And the value is okay. did you see? And we had a need. We had an we had a need. A gift has to meet a need, right? We have three needs. Three needs. Primarily, all our needs can be put under three brackets. Why I'm saying is everything is in Christ. First one, Matthew 1, verse 21. She will bring forth her, a son. You shall call him Yeshua, for he will save his people from their sins. What is the first thing? The penalty of sin has been taken away. Man does not have to fear death again. He can go home in peace. So it met man's primary need. What is his? He doesn't understand, but his primary need. Like many Sundays when we come back from church, when we are crossing that uh, Tadband and all, you will see uh, funeral buyers going by, you know, with them and all. And look at them and says, again, one more died without hope. You know, every time ambulance go, my wife will pray. You know, because somebody is going with hope and may return without hope. Because we need to realize what is hope connected with is connected with on the other side. Other side. She will bring forth a son. You shall call him Yeshua, which means Savior. What will he do? He will deliver us, save us from the penalty of sin. Most important need is met. 
If only we saw eternity, we will realize every, that's why the saints were all, all able to celebrate. Most of them did not have homes. They had one pair of clothing. They ate maybe one meal too, but they all were happy because they saw the other side. The major thing has been taken care of. Right? It is like getting a government job. Salary may not be great, but you know, permanent. <laughs> Now there is no permanency in that also. They will terminate you and they will do, you don't get pension also. But old days to get a government job was a big thing. Retire at 60, pension for the rest of the life. Salaries may not be that great, but what is that? Security. So what, like I said, when you get, in, get into a car, you don't need the cops to tell you. You need to see a few videos of accidents and what happens to your head. The first thing you do is put seatbelt or put the Helmet. Why? You want to reach from point A to point B in one piece, not pieces. So the first thing is security. So what is God doing? He's securing our soul. Secure. He says, do not fear him. Who can harm your body? And when you are dead, he has no power. But fear him after that can take your body and soul and throw you into hellfire. He's first securing our soul. First thing. What is that? Shall call him Jesus. Why? Because the penalty of sin is taken care of. But sanctification. The power of sin is still there. Every day you are in the likeness of that same flesh, living in a evil, corrupt world. So 123. What is God's promise? You shall call him Emmanuel, which is translated, not just God for us. Now it is God with us. The second promise, second need of man is, Lord, I am saved. Every day is a struggle. Who will help me? God says, I will help you. You will never be orphans again. Because as a result of your salvation, what you receive is the gift of my spirit who will be with you, in you, forever. That's why this dependence upon the spirit of God has to happen. What does the spirit of God help you? He's not taking away the penalty of your sin. That from there he cries, Abba, Father. So you're not worried about that. He's teaching you and helping you, empowering you, teaching and empowering you over the power of sin. Right? Power of sin. All is Christ. It is the spirit of Christ, the spirit of the Father. Okay? It's through Christ. And the third thing, Philippians 4.19. As I live in this world, I need some roti or chawal, some mutton, some clothes, a job, a roof above my head. And what does the Bible say? My God shall supply all your need. So the gift met all my need. My eternal need, my spiritual need now where he is with me, and my temporal need every day. My God. He knows they don't have that assurance. So he's telling them, my God shall supply all your need. All your need. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Are we getting the picture? Now, as we close, we'll go to Luke 15 and read four verses. First 15, 6 and 7, then 9 and 10, then 22 to 24. When he came home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was... Lost. This is the sheep that was lost. I say to you, there likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Then 10, 
9 and 10. When she found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then 22 to 24. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, bring the fatted calf here, kill it, and let us eat and be why? Why? My son was lost. He is found. And they began to be married. So you see in all those three parables, there's one common thing. What is that? Lost, found, rejoicing. So why do we celebrate Christmas? Because we were lost. And because of him we have been found. We celebrate. If you don't understand that, then it's just another festival. That's why we can celebrate Christmas. Because you know what? We can celebrate Christmas like no other persons. You know why? We were lost. We were found. Who found us? He found us. We were dead. Who made us alive? The Bible says in Ephesians, we were dead in our trespasses. In Christ, we were alive. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Why? For this purpose he came. To seek, to save the lost. That is Christmas. So you take all the other things out, magnify Christ, then Christ is magnified, add those things that go with him. What does not go with him, put it away. Because like Paul says in Corinth, let a woman cover her head, let a man uncover his head, Man reflects the glory of Christ. Woman reflects the glory of man. In the house of God, only God should receive glory in Christmas. Only Christ should receive glory. No Santa Claus, no reindeer, no junk over there. Absolutely take everything off and let Christ be glorified. Because the message is this. God sent his son. God sent his son. Why? So that we who are without hope might be birthed to a living hope. This was the only child who was born to die. All of you are thinking about living, right? None of us are thinking about death. We'll ask, Lord, extend my days, Lord, extend my days, Lord, extend my days, Lord, extend my days. And we call, call blessings upon us, the length of your days, I shall not die but live. But when they told him, don't die, he said, I have to die. He set his face like a flint towards what? His death. This was one man who came to die so that we might live. But don't take that away. Now we shall have Peter and we shall pray. King at our promise, restoration. Yes, I will restore you the years that has been lost. Be very careful how you look at it. Be careful about it, look at it. Yes, in the years we lost, we lost many things. The prodigal son, in those years, he lost his money, he lost his future, he lost his health, he lost everything. But what he actually lost was the presence of his father. The years he could have been with his father, learned about his father, known his father, grown in the image of his father, that was what he primarily lost. If you don't see that, this is what I lost. First the spiritual. 
then the physical. But if you are only going to look at the physical, oh, for 10 years I lost this money, I lost this, I lost this, I lost this, I lost this, I lost this. You still haven't got the message. Because those things are very easy for God to restore. <laughs> how, how much time now? Even the people in the fellow who is walking through Dubai airport and buys a ticket when he reaches home, he says, oh, my ticket what 10 million dirhams. Did he do anything? Material things can be taken and restored in five minutes. Spiritual things, do we grieve over it? The ears. The ears. Look at this word. The ears. The ears. Years is time. We are caught in time. We have only this much time left. To run our race and complete our race and enter in as an overcomer. And it comes from a relationship. Because everything in the kingdom of God once you enter is based on a relationship. You cannot become godly. You can only be united to God and become godly. It does not come from knowledge. It is comes out of union. That is the entire parable of the wine and the branches. It is if you abide in me. And you know what to abide in somebody? It needs time. And what I lost was time. What I lost was time. The years I should have been building a relationship with God. Building a relationship with one another. These two things. The two branches of the cross. Horizontal and vertical. You know what? The time was lost. So God says, I will restore. Immediately we are thinking about, you know, that vehicle I wanted to buy, I never could buy. 2022 was the year I was hoping to get that model, that thing. Okay, all that God will give you. But have you always noticed, how long does the joy of something new last? As Pastor and Vijay, two weeks later. After two weeks later, they will not be rejoicing in the new place they have. They will be seeing the faults. Okay, this faucet doesn't work. This doesn't flush properly. The joy goes of anything. It goes. To what? And God created us that way. You will not find permanent joy in anything except me. And you know what? Regret is connected with that. Regret is connected with that. The years, the wasted years. The wasted years. That must, the prodigal son must have been thinking when he came back, when he saw the father's reaction, the best robe and sandals on his feet, hugging and kissing him, he must be thinking, I missed all those years of his love. All those years. All those years. Okay. All those years. Okay. That's, we have to put our focus back, Lord. Restore me. Back to you. Back to relationships. Because you have to find joy in that. Because Solomon is a man who found, tried to find joy in everything else. And at the end, one good thing about that book of Ecclesiastes is that you've seen a man who went after all this. Don't go that way. You can't go all his way like him because you don't have the resources or the power. Somebody tried for you and failed. Learn from him. You know what? He's a miserable, you know Solomon's life at the end? He's a miserable, lonely man. He has no relationship with God. He has no relationship with man. Having 300 wives and 600 concubines, he has no relationship with anybody. Miserable, lonely man. That's who he is. 
That is the lesson of ecclesiastics. Life is of relationships with God and with man. Yeah. Honestly, if you look at that man's life, who did he have? Who did he, who could he say? This is my friend. There were people who loved David. They were loyal to David. Even though David didn't really know them, they were willing to die for him. Who was there in Solomon's life? Who was there in Solomon's life? Nobody. Do you know the rich and the powerful? Some of them I know. You know what? One common thing they all have told me? We have no friend. There's nobody we can trust. Nobody we can trust. One of the most well-known people in India, can't even mention his name. He said, Sir, I can't even trust my wife. My food is made separately by the cook because my wife tries to poison me for my wealth. (laughs) You need to understand what life is like. That's what God is talking about. Okay, You need to understand. You know what Christ came? To reconcile us back to God. And we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation is a word connected only with relationships. So first is, I will restore. Lord, restore. Six days more. Seven days more. Restore, Lord. Restore. From my side, Lord. It takes two to tango, but my side, Lord. I'm believing. I'm praying. Restore. 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 Okay? Restore. And you know what? All the other things, what we need in this life, God will add. God will add. Yes, let's have Peter.